Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on Chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at Chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's Chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. I actually don't know what to say, but first of all, let me welcome you all to the same old Arsenal podcast. Um, I'm as pissed off as the lot of you, to be honest. Um, can't put a positive spin on it, but let's go for it all. But welcome back, my podcast brother, Mr. James Captain Cook. How are you? Hanging in there, Amanda. Just about, but obviously doing this, you know, 10, 15 minutes after the final whistle has gone. Will be interesting. I can already see we've got a lot of people in the chat room that are probably yeah. feeling quite the same way we do. So, yeah, looking forward to uh, a bit of catharsisism in the next Look hour. Look what Kevin Harold says. Hello, everyone. Why does watching Arsenal make you so miserable? Well, it has become like that, Kevin, I have to say. Um, it, it's really hard to go live straight after, but we promise that if we set a, a pod up, we tell you all about it, we go live, whether we win, lose or draw. Um, And I think we all need to chat about this because this isn't the only bad result. And as I tweeted many times, is December our old November's cookie? Because we used to be dire in November. And Carl gave me a stat before and said we've taken four points out of 15. So where do we start? That's a very bold question you're putting my way there, Amanda. (laughs) I mean, it, it just picked up where it left off against West Ham, really, didn't it? I mean... It was just abject, really, really bad. I don't want to say our title hopes are over in the space of three days, but you know, doing this so soon after the final whistle off the back of two really bad results where we've failed to really create anything in either game. I mean, West Ham was bad. And you could say we had a few decisions that went against us, you know, the goal that, you know, might not have stood for Suchek. Um, you know, we we did create opportunities on the night. We had the Trossard chance, the Saka chance. But today, nothing. Let's just talk about that a moment because I wasn't at West Ham due to the fact that I've had the most awful week and this has just rounded it off. Unfortunately, I've had um, family members that were ill. My dog's been really ill. We've, I've just exhausted, been up. I've, it's like I've had a newborn again this week. So I was really looking forward to 
sitting down this afternoon and watching this because thankfully our little puppy has, well, I say puppy, but he's two years old. He's starting to recover. Um, And I just thought, you know what? I really, really, really fancied a draw. I went for a draw um, before the match because I thought against West Ham, obviously we watched it live here. It's very different watching it live to being in my seat at the Emirates. However, I was quite disappointed against West Ham. But if I was disappointed against West Ham, Cookie, I can't tell you how I feel now. I thought we were going to come out all guns blazing. And to be honest, I thought Martinelli played a bit better the first 15, 20 minutes. So I was quite confident, you know. Um, And obviously, we scored in the fifth minute. Let's just start at the beginning. When the team came out, I wasn't surprised Sinchenko was nowhere near the team. Apparently, he's got an injury. Um, I was pleased Tommy Asu was in uh, as a substitute. And I was pleased Havertz were back. I mean, apart from that, I had no issues with the team, did you? No, I mean, it took me by surprise a little bit because I certainly didn't expect Jesus to be dropped um, and Eddie Nketiah to come in. I know Jesus was certainly one of the guys that didn't play particularly well against West Ham, but I mean, he's been a mainstay in the team and for Eddie to come in away from home where his away record is just, well, it's diabolical to be quite honest. Um, He played, didn't work out for us today. You could argue it didn't work out when Jesus came on the pitch either, barely either of them touched the football. Um, And Kivio coming in, I was a bit suspect about that. I mean, Zinchenko has been problematic in the whole of December, yeah. really. But Kivior, we saw at Luton, not entirely convincing. For me, he, he's not a left-back. He doesn't look comfortable going into that inverted role. It's just not his game. He's a good passer of the ball, but his best performances in an Arsenal shirt, for me, have come whether he be on the right or the left-hand side of the, of the uh, back four. Um, the centre-back pairing, for you know, He's played so well as a left-sided centre-back, being a deputy for Gabriel. I mean, he's the perfect guy to bring in for the likes of Sheffield United at home, where he played in that 5-0 win and was absolutely fine. But for big games away from home against the likes of Fulham, who are a good team, I just don't see it as a good enough option. But then you've got Zinchenko, who's so out of form. Um, it's a blessing that Tommy Asu's back, because I think in an ideal in an ideal world, he'd have started this game at left-back, and we saw him come on at half-time. But yeah... Um, no issues with the team, but big issues with the performance. And I, I just feel that, I mean, we can we can look back, can't we, over this month and go, it was coming. We beat Brighton. Um, I can't remember the rest. Oh, we lost to Villa. I, I also believe that when we go 1-0 behind, we haven't got a clue. We just haven't got a clue. And I think teams have worked us out, Cookie. I think... Let's play the low block. Let's play 400 men behind the ball. Let's catch them on the break. Because the thing is, when we're so far up the pitch, every time Fulham got the ball forward, I thought they were going to score. Yeah, it's exactly that. The the blueprint for playing against us is incredibly easy now. And I hate to say it because... um, we were so elusive last season, if that makes sense. You know, we we were very exciting going forward, very pragmatic. The opposition didn't quite know who was going to do what. If it's not Martinelli doing something, it's Saka doing something. If it's not Saka, it's Trossard. If it's not Trossard, it's Erdegaard. Whereas this season, they're all doing the same thing. All of them. They're getting caught in possession. They're differing on the ball. They're losing it in dangerous places. And the passing that was immaculate last season and has been good for the most part of this season has just gone out of the window. It's dreadful, our passing. We just cannot string a pass together. And when we push our centre-halves so high up the pitch where we're trying to pen the opposition in, mm. if we've got the ball, that's not a problem because we're you know so on top of them, we're so dominant. But the minute someone like Saka, who was at fault for the goal that Fulham scored today, getting caught in possession, as happened so many times to him today and against West Ham, 
The minute that happens, everyone is so out of shape that the ball comes back our way and we are at nines and tens. Everyone is all over the place. So we we have very much been sussed out. That's how it feels at the minute. And we haven't got variety. We haven't got a plan B. And it's, it's a problem, a big, big problem. Well, funny enough, um, Phil Macker said that. He said, Arteta's plan B is the same as Wenger's. It's carry on with plan A. Hi, Phil, by the way. Um, it, it's quite disappointing that... There was no fight. I, I think what we'll do, should we do this, Cook? Should we just go by player by player and just discuss them? Because I think that's what's needed. I'm wondering what's going on with Declan Rice. Maybe he's just having a little bit of a, you know, a blip. It, it, no player is perfect the whole season. We know that. Even Haaland went through a quiet period. But I feel like... Is he just doing too much? I mean, obviously, the one thing I was worried about with Declan Rice and West Ham was when a team comes back that you have played for and you want to prove, don't you? You want to prove, I've made the right decision, I'm happy, look at me, you know. He, he doesn't seem that sort of character, but he didn't He didn't play well against West Ham. This has been coming. This is not just today. This has been coming. We have not played the exciting football that we were playing last season. So what he's done, he's tightened up the defence and it's a little bit slower, obviously. We were um, the best defensive this season, less, we, best defence that we haven't let the goals in. You know what I mean? <laughs> Number one on that. Best XG against, something like that? No, we, we're the, we've got the best defensive record this season. Sorry, my brain. I don't, I don't know if that's, just, that's what I was going to say. We've let five goals in in the last two games. So four, I'm, I'm not four, sure we are. Four, matter four. Come on, it's not that you know bad. What? Just I here. keep thinking it's 3-0 against West Ham. We keep forgetting that Raya actually saved a penalty. Um, so Raya, for you today, Cooks. Um, everyone in the chat room, please send us your questions. We are going to get to them, but we are going to discuss player by player. If you'd like to give us your players' ratings, don't normally do this, but I think we just need to talk about what is going on because I really want to have a good chat about Ben White as well. So David Raya, I thought he had a massive hand in the first in first goal, our only goal. Great pass out to Martinelli. Martinelli takes a shot. Saka, Saka puts it in. Any yeah. any issues with Raya today? No, not for me. I mean, we can, we can go for all the individuals, but I think this is a collective problem, to be honest. I mean, there's a lot of players that are so out of form. Raya, you know, wasn't the issues today. He he played a big part in that first goal. Quick thinking from him, good work from Martinelli, and, you know, scruffy finish from Saka, but gets the ball in the back of the net. But then, yeah, from there on in, it, it's just like we just don't know what to do. We're just really lacking in ideas. Um, but yeah, no, if uh, if we're going to go through it um, as individuals, no, Raya for me wasn't the problem. But it's interesting that you mentioned Ben White because he's being found out a little bit, I feel. Uh, I certainly felt he had a really tough game up against William and um, Robinson today. I mean, they really seemed to target Okay, him. hold on. Let's just stay with Raya. What's your out of 10? Because um, Sean Clark's given him four. I think that's a little bit harsh no, for me. I'd give him a six. Yeah. I don't think he really did anything majorly wrong. And remember, he's come in and he, you know, he has got that feeling that most people want Ramsdale in goal. It's not easy for him. We do have to support him. Uh, James Hope wants to give all the players zero. So um, let, let's just, let's go to Ben White now and we'll give his rating. A lot of people on social media were saying he's injured. He's, he's playing with an injury. Would that make sense to you? Because I've never seen him play this bad in, in so many games, if I'm honest. 
I don't know about playing with an injury. I've not seen that anywhere. But um, I I just think teams are starting to double up on him a little bit. Um, just in, in an attacking sense, you know, we saw today William um, getting around him quite easily. You know, obviously they targeted that side um, for the first goal they scored. That's where the cross came in from. Um, he's just out of sorts, but it's not just him. I mean, that's why I feel like if we're talking about the individuals, it, they, they, they're all kind of on a level playing field for me because they've all got their own problems. I mean, Saka's getting caught on the ball way Hold too on, often. Hold on, they I know, I know, I know. But, but, but for me, Amanda, like, the point I'm making is I, I could say the same thing about every single player. Because well, we're going cool. to, but, but 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 some players have really gone down more than others. Yeah, I don't actually think Saliba's playing that well. I've not thought that for a while, funny enough. But let me have your thoughts on that. Uh, I mean, I, I definitely don't think Saliba and Gabriel are the ones I'm pointing the finger at. I think, I mean, look, look at the goal we scored against, um, we conceded against West Ham, sorry. I didn't realise just how badly at fault Zinchenko was for the first one. I mean, really? you know, we've got the the, 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 the uh, debate about whether the ball went in or out, whatever. Take that out of the equation for a minute. Why on earth does Zinchenko go storming in for a ball that Gabriel has completely got under control? Yeah. You know, and he did something similar for the goal that we very nearly conceded against Liverpool, which resulted in the five on one. It's erratic moments like that that I think are causing us problems. I don't think there's anything that I'm looking at with Saliba and Gabriel and thinking... Cool, they could be doing that a hell of a lot better. Um, I think there certainly have to be question marks over our defending of set pieces. It's another one we've conceded from today. What was that defending on the second goal? Like it was absolutely abysmal from everyone. Like the, even Rice, I thought was dreadful on that occasion. I mean, just way too easy. How does the ball pop to a fuller man just to put it into the back of the net unmarked? Shouldn't happen. So it's interesting you're talking about that because in the ground, and obviously I'm always there, apart from West Ham. It, we wouldn't have been able to see what I was watching on TV. So what was going on was they were trying to find an angle to see if the ball was in or out. Now, it was really inconclusive. They have to give it if it's inconclusive. When you actually freeze frame a photo and you can see, you can still, you can't see the balls out, but you can't see the balls in. So it's a little bit harsh. However, this is a billion pound sport. And we can't tell whether a ball's out or not. It is an absolute joke. That's my argument more than VAR on this, on that one. Regardless of that, we did not deserve to beat West Ham. Now, my issue is, why have you not come out fighting today? He's put a couple of fresh legs in. You know, I don't think anyone was that upset not to see Sinchenko. However, I don't want to put all the blame on him. It's just because at Liverpool and, and, and at West Ham. So, this becoming a problem, the left side, isn't it? Because you've got Timber out, probably till next season, or even maybe April. Um, Tommy Asu's just come back, but I prefer Tommy Asu on the right anyway. And now we've got people are going to bring Tierney back. He doesn't want Tierney doesn't fit the way we play. And you've got Zinchenko, who's great up the field, who just can't defend. So what what do we do? <laughs> I don't think it's just the left. I think it's the right as well. Um, well, that... let's go on to the right now. So uh, let's talk Saka. He's our star boy. We absolutely idolise him. We all love him. There's no doubt about it. But he cannot be immune to criticism. And the criticism is he doesn't seem on it. And I don't know why he doesn't get substituted at times, because he should. And he's not defending as well as he has been. 
No. Um, he's just a bit too predictable. And I think that's part and parcel with so many of our players at the minute. But his way of playing, um, I think you can kind of tell by his body language what he's going to do. Because he seems to have two moves, either cut in or try and take it past the man. But before he does either of those things, he's got his defender stood up in front of him. So he's always having to take someone on. It's not like he's ever, ever, ever got a free run down that right-hand channel. He's always got to beat someone, which makes his job a hell of a lot more difficult. I don't think it should be underestimated just how hard it is to beat a man in football, um, especially in the Premier League. But his way of playing is just becoming quite easy to read for opposition. And um, I think last season... Although you could argue to an extent it was still the case that you could quite easily tell what he's going to do. Things were just coming off for him. You know, you could you could see what he was going to do, but there was no way of stopping it. Um, whereas this season, they are stopping it, I find. You know, they're quick to to anticipate what he's going to do. And he just hasn't got the shot off early enough. He hasn't, you know, beaten his man quick enough. He hasn't made the pass quick enough. And like I say, it's not just him. A lot of our players aren't passing the ball quickly enough. Um, we're, we're slow, we're lethargic. And by the time we do want to make that killer pass, they've got 10 men behind the ball. Um, so yeah, it's not just him, but you're right in saying he's not immune to criticism. Six goals this season in the Premier League. Um, like so many others, he's down on his numbers. And uh, it, yeah, it's, it's a concern, big concern. It is. Look at this from Sean Clark. We can't keep relying on VAR to save our backs. Arteta needs to be more ruthless than ever. Stop tiptoeing around players and dropping them if they and not performing. Simple. Some players you, you see on the bench will jump up and show more passion than others. And now it's beginning to show in players. I can't see any passion in our players. I actually I actually spoke about this um on social media. I can't I couldn't see any fight. Okay, we played Thursday night. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. We often play twice in three or four days. You, you have to get on with it. I'm sorry. All teams have played. So anyway, Angela T thinks this was Saka's worst game. I'm... And someone in the in the in the chat room, sorry, I've lost it because there's so many of you with so many comments. Sorry, I can't keep up. Um, has just said you can't keep you can't comment on single players. It's the whole team, but that's what we're saying. 
if you had to choose a man of the match today, Cooks, could you? No. No. Not even close. <laughs> a- absolutely not. I couldn't even sit here and go, well, actually, he did all right. Uh, I can't. So we've spoken about Saka. Let- let's talk about Rice, Erdegaard, Havertz. Rice, what do you think is going on there? Mm. <sighs> he's a really hard one to dig out because he's been immaculate yeah. this season, but he was very poor against West Ham. Um, I don't think there's any getting around that fact. I think he was a bit suspect against Aston Villa. Thought he was really good against Liverpool, um, finding the game against Brighton, and then today just yeah poor again. You know, um, I'm not t- entirely sure what's what what I could pinpoint is going on there because to go from you know delivering ten out of tens practically every single week to the level that he is now, I mean I, c- I can't put my finger on why that is. I can only assume it's down to the way the team is playing as a collective. I mean, it's not just him that isn't able to get his passes off. Cooks, Adam thinks Rice played well. Not I, for I me. No, not no. for me either. Five it's funny, Alan, best. We respect all your views, of course, and football's all about opinions. Um, but just be, to, to be fair, we've given Ray a remark. What we give him, White, Saliba, Gabriel, and Tommy and Kivior, five, four, all of them. Would you say any more than that? Well, they weren't above average, were they? So no. It's got to be a five at best. I think five for really the whole team. I can't. I don't oh, think. I think, anyone... I think even that's generous. <laughs> I, I'd, I'd be going three or four. Yeah, I mean, I don't see. I don't. What I'm trying to say is, I don't think anyone played better or worse than anybody else. I think they all play bad. Apart from Raya was okay, you know. Um, and I agree. If Rice played well, if that's the standard, we are finished. He didn't play well, so. Ah, oh, right. Newman, welcome to the show. What do you expect Rice to do? He's just a ball-winning DM. When Havertz is there, he has to twice as much work to do. I was actually quite pleased to see Havertz back today, to be honest. Um, and I do want to talk about this, and it keeps coming up in the chat room, and we will get to ESR, I promise. Um, Erdegaard tried his heart. I think he tried today. He just wasn't coming off. Some of the balls that were passed to Erdegaard were, were just awful. Yeah, and similarly to West Ham as well, I mean, he's trying his best to make things happen. Um, I think at times he does dwindle on the ball a little bit too much in desperation of trying to find someone making a run, but there just isn't a player making that run, which is a big part of the problem. Um, And again, he's another one that definitely isn't scoring or assisting at the level that he was last season. Um, Again, I can't put my finger on why that is. It's really hard to pinpoint exactly why that is happening, but... I mean, he definitely wasn't bad today, but it's, again, just not above average. He just wasn't able to find those openings. He wasn't able to get a shot off um, really well marked out of the game by Fulham. And I think they just looked at what West Ham did to us. They just didn't give us a minute on the ball. Every time we got forwards, two, three men just hounding us out, you know, forcing us wide, not allowing us near the goal. And just look at some of the crosses we were putting into the box, Amanda. I mean, some of those crosses from Saka in the last couple of minutes of the game, that one where he had the ball on the edge of the box and he crossed it, you know, at about 10 miles an hour straight into the, the arms of Lena. I mean, that was in the 94th minute or something. It was absolutely awful. And we're talking about 80 minutes into the game, one shot on target against a Fulham team that have lost their last three, scoring zero goals in the process, then trot along good old Arsenal. And here we are talking about a 2 undefeated at Craven Cottage, a ground where we were sensational last year, putting what I would regard as one of our best performances. If you remember Trossard getting a hat-trick of assists, Martinelli firing on all fronts, Saliba, Imperius that day. We just looked unstoppable when we played Fulham last time out of their grounds. 
And we they, they've taken four points of us this season, Amanda. It's awful. I know. I was thinking it's that. awful. So, um, Chris, who unfortunately, well, lucky for him, can't be here tonight because he's away, has just uh, WhatsApped James and I and said, Arteta admitting this was the worst performance of the season. I thought that was uh, Thursday night. <laughs> I mean, is it is it just going to get worse? I mean, we've not got a Premier League game now. Is it till Palace? Yeah, and Palace that's a blessing. That, that is a blessing. Tell, I'm telling is. you now. We need a break from the Premier League. We do. But, but, but Amanda, like, this is what I'm worried about. Right, because we're in a precarious position now where I'm not going to be hyperbolic and say, you know, the title's over, worst case scenario, Liverpool win their game in hand with five points behind. You know, we're coming into January. We all know that doesn't really count for much. For me, so long as we're there or thereabouts in April, I'll say that we could potentially win this league. For me, being brutally honest, I've not seen enough from Arsenal to suggest that we will win the league this season. I think we've ridden our luck at times. You know, last minute wins at Brentford, Luton, picking up a points against Chelsea when we were awful winning against United in the last minute. I feel like this, you know, spell was inevitable. But that's not to say you can't come out of this spell and have a great run in the last two, three months yep. of the season. All it takes is a couple of wins to turn your fortunes around. But my worry is we've got Liverpool up next in the cup. We go out of that. And then are we realistically going to win the league? And then all we've got left is the Champions League. And are we realistically going to win that? I mean, oh, I'm not saying... <laughs> exactly. exactly. That, well, that, that's my worry. I don't want Arsenal to go trophyless this season. And a lot of people turn their nose up at the FA Cup. But for me, I'd still want oh, us to God. win it. We have, we have to win silverware this season. We have to. I, I don't know why anyone turns their nose up at the FA Cup. It was funny. I was on the radio last week, just before the West Ham game. And we were talking about the FA Cup. And I said, I'm old. The FA Cup means so much to me. And now I think people are starting to realise that silverware matters. It really does. Um, anyway, um, let's just go to some of the questions and comments. Right, hold on. We're, we're generally giving everyone what fours and fives. Is that what we're saying? Because obviously, just to be fair, Rice, Havertz, Erdegaard, no more than a five, surely? No, I don't think so. No. Okay, but let's just talk about the front. Well, I... I I think Eddie, I think the time has come now for him to move on. He isn't good enough for us. And yes, I hold my hands up, Alan Algar. Um, but I always like to give players chances. He was just non-existent. If you get a chance like that, if you're coming on for a game where you know you've got to put your foot in and make sure everything counts, I didn't even see him, Cooks. No, I think it was interesting, actually, that he started this game along with Kivior because they're two guys that have actually been spoken about as potential exits in the January transfer window. I'm not sure if this was Arteta showing them, you know, you are still very much a part of my team. I still believe in you. You know, you've still got a place in this Arsenal squad. Um, and, you know, Eddie has always been anonymous away from home. I hate to say it. Uh, I think Carl's just put in the chat there that it's been a year since his last away league goal. Um, obviously, he got that, I think it was against Brighton um, this time last year. I think it was New Year's Day or New Year's Eve last year where he got that goal. And he was actually pretty good in that game. But since then, um, yeah, away from home, he's just been, just, just been invisible, really. And today, he just didn't really do much at all. But in his defence, neither did Jesus when he came on. You know, he, he was nowhere to be seen either. There was a period in the game where he was basically playing as a right back, you know, trying to defend. And I love that about Jesus. You know, I love his tenacity, mm. um, but that's not where we need him. We need him at the other end of the pitch, trying to put the ball in the back of the net. And he's he's another one that is so down on his numbers compared to last season. What's he got? Three Premier League goals from your number nine. You know, we're talking Lacazette numbers there. We need We need to see a lot more from him 
in that respect. Um, so, yeah, uh, I agree with you. I think it's time to move on from Eddie and Ketia, but will that be in January? I don't think so. Um, no. If he does go on, we'd need to replace him. Who do you replace him with? You know, there's going to be within our budget. I don't know if you if you think we're getting Ivan Tony. You know, you're throwing your coins down a wishing well. I think that's going to be um, a very difficult deal to do, even for Dominic Solanke. That's a difficult deal. Um, so I think we're stuck with Eddie till the end of the season, unfortunately. But we've got to get the best out of what we've got, and um, I just don't think we could do that at the minute. Yeah, it's not. Not looking good, is it? Let's just go to a few things that I've starred. Okay. Um, right. Karen Russell. Welcome, Karen. Thanks for joining us. It's not easy, I know. Can someone please tell me where has that beautiful football from last season gone and replaced with this boring, awful and dire football? God, you leave me with that one, are you? <laughs> it's, I, think uh... he, I think he just wanted to change it. I think he wanted to shore up the defence. Uh, I mean, I can pipe in on that one um and I think he did that up to about three weeks ago I think that I was I was okay with watching what we were watching um and we were getting results um as I said we had the best uh, defensive record since you know up to last week I think we still got the second best defensive um and and that, that's where it's gone you know it is a little bit like the George Graham 1-0 to the Arsenal that's what we're experiencing where we become so solid in defense Unfortunately, when we had George Graham, we had Ian Wright, Kevin Campbell, we had players that could put the ball in the back of the net. You mentioned Ivan Tony, what I wouldn't give for him to be up front. I just want someone to put the ball in the back of the net. Someone that can do that, Cooks, because we are producing the chances. No, we're not. Hold on, I think it was 30 chances against West Ham. We are 30 shots, Amanda. 30 shots. Okay. And maybe 10 of them, but 10 of them, Cooks, out of 30, when today, no, we didn't produce. I know that. But there was a beautiful cross that came in that no one got on the end of. There's just no one there. I mean, if you want to add on anything, feel free. No, I mean, look, first of all, I know this is one that people aren't going to like. I do think injuries have played a part. In, in where we are at, at the minute. Um, if you look at this 11, it's so similar to 11, an 11 that's played um, throughout this season. Um, I mean, we spoke on a podcast that we last did together about how pleased we are to finally have an 11 that's looking quite balanced and, you know, we, we know who's going to be playing effectively. I think that's now becoming a bit of a problem because we have absolutely no variety. We're making like-for-like substitutions. I thought Arteta's game plan which he did against West Ham as well when we're trying to chase the game to take off one of the fullbacks um and replace it with uh re- replace them with a winger uh just throws our formation completely out of the window and we're just putting as many attacking players on the pitch as possible just kind of for the sake of it um without any ideology behind it um so yeah i mean a lot of these players are young as well that's another thing to consider um Martinelli, you know, what's he, 22, same for Bukayo Saka, same for Saliba, not using that as an excuse because we know how good they can be, but obviously you have to expect with younger players, they might have a dip in form. Um, but, you know, if, if we'd have had Tommy Asu, Timber, Partey fit throughout this first half of the season, I'd like to know where we could potentially be. Uh, it just so happens that, you know, we've got so many injuries as have other teams. I can't use that as an excuse. Look at the injuries, you know, the likes of Chelsea have had, the likes of United have had, um, City have had De Bruyne out, they've had Haaland out for a spell. It's not an excuse by any means, but 
I think the overall problem is we're just bereft of ideas. Teams know how to play against us and our star men are just becoming a little too predictable. But this is a group that outscored the Invincibles last season. You know, the quality is within this team. We just have to find a different way of playing, I think. Do you know what's so sad, though? (laughs) Is everyone's playing badly. You know, last year, if Martinelli had an off game, you had Saka and Erdegaard. Saka had an off game, you had Erdegaard and Martinelli. Erdegaard had an off game, you had Jesus and Martinelli chipping in. They're all playing badly. I've never seen it before. We're not used to it because, as I said last season, this didn't happen. Someone else would be playing well. Um, Carl Stark wants to know, did any Arsenal players have a good game today? No. No. Sorry, Carl. Um, No. That's fine. That's totally what I think. Um, A lot of people want to know about this. Um, How did ESR not get on the pitch again, Melissa? We've got so many people. Thank you, Melissa, for joining us. I know you didn't want to, so I appreciate that you're here. Um, How did he not get on? I thought he played, I thought he did all right against West Ham. Yeah, he did. I just think it's a lack of trust from Arteta. And I hate to say that. Um, I had Smith Rowe in my 11 to start this game um, after the match against West Ham. Me and Chris uh, came on here and did a podcast and I had him starting on that left-hand side of the pitch. Um, I thought that would be a good option for him in this game. You know, Martinelli's been out of sorts. Trossard was out of sorts against West Ham. The left-hand side of the pitch is where Smith Rowe played so well in that season where he scored so many goals off the bench. Um, If he's not getting opportunities when we're chasing games like this, when everyone is doing dreadfully, I struggle to see how he's got a future Arsenal. And that sounds really damning, but he's been so in and out of the team of injuries this season. Um, And I just think Arteta, whether he doesn't trust his fitness, whether he doesn't trust him to come on and change the game, but when I'm looking at some of the players that remain on the pitch, like Eddie Nketiah, who's done nothing, and then I look at someone like Reese Nelson, who comes on and also does absolutely nothing, I'm like, what? what is Smith-Rowe doing that he's a worse option than these guys? Like, we, we know he can carry the ball. We know that he can shoot. We know that he can create opportunities. Um, it's hugely frustrating. I hope he gets a start against Liverpool and proves a point and says to Arteta, look, this is what I can do when I'm in the team. Um, I get it. You know, he's not scored in over a year. He's been very much a bit part player in this team since, well, 2022, really. Um, but he's a player full of quality. He's still relatively young. I mean, we need to give him an opportunity because what we have got on the pitch isn't working. And the biggest thing I'd say about him is that he's different to all of the players yeah. that we do have in that attacking third. He offers something very, very different to Martinelli, to Trossard, to Erdegaard. He runs with the ball, links up play so nice. Look at the goals he scored. Just look at the goals he scored in the past. They are so different to the goals we're scoring now. He needs to be getting close to this team. Um, and my mate Gary, I think we improve when ESR comes on. And I think that's what we've been saying, Gaza, that I- I'm a loss for words why he wasn't even brought on today. You're 2-1 down. Go for it. Bring him on. Just, just, or even at one all. Just bring him on. I- I'm fuming, to be honest. That's the one thing that I'm annoyed about, especially after seeing him on Thursday. He does bring something different and he's got the hunger. I just don't know if all of these players have got the hunger back. I, I don't know. I don't know where it's gone. Um, How can they not be hungry, though? I don't know. I, there's a league I, title on the line. <laughs> well, Noonan. Welcome to the show. Players are regressing this year. Why is that? Why? Excuse me. Why are they regressing? 
I, I don't know. I don't know if regressing is the right word to use. I think they're stagnating a little bit. Um, some are get. It feels like they're getting worse, but I have a really hard time saying you know, twenty-two-year-old Martinelli is getting worse because he could just be going for a dip. You know, he could have an absolutely blinding season next season, and he comes into the peak of his powers. You just don't know because they are so young. I think there are players that are still finding their feet, i.e., someone like Kai Havertz. I think he was actually one of the better ones today. I'm not saying he was above average, but he was out of that midfield, one of the better ones. Um, and you've got to think, I think someone put it in the chat box as well. Our midfield has basically been blown up and started again. You know, you've got Rice, Havertz, Erdegaard compared to what was last season, Partey, Jacka, Erdegaard. That's a big thing to take into consideration. You know, these are new players that haven't played together, whereas Partey, Jacka, Erdegaard had had a season. You know, they had times together. They just hadn't really had an extended run in the team because one or all of them was, was injured at some point. Um, so I think that's something to take into consideration. Obviously, missing Jacker as well. I mean, you don't want to go on about this, but he was so important to our left-hand side of the pitch. He brought out the best of Martinelli. He allowed Zinchenko to go into midfield and he could tuck back into that left-back role. Havertz doesn't do that. And that's no disrespect to him because he's a different player. But Jacker was very unique in that left-eight role. And I'm not entirely convinced that... I'm still not convinced after a good run in the team that Havertz is that left-eight option. I just... I just don't know if he's the right guy for that. And I think that's been a problem throughout this season. But something I think we can both agree on is that going right back to Forest on day one, we've just not looked as fast. We've not looked as, you know, we've been dominant, but I don't think that counts for anything when you're not putting the ball in the back of the net. You know, it's not like we're blitzing the opposition in the way that we we did in, in, in the last season. Mm. Um, I mean, how many saves did Leno make today? We had three shots on target and two of them came in the final 10 minutes. You know, we hardly tested Fulham's goalkeeper today. So I think this is true and a lot of people are talking about this at the moment. Um, Party brings more Erdegaard, miss him. Erdegaard misses him. Um, it's not our fault. He'd be playing. Uh, end of. He's injured. He's, he's a terrible, terrible for injuries. And I just, we can't talk about Party anymore. And and I think most of the people are agreeing we miss Granite. I, I mean, five years ago, would we even be saying this? It is absolutely, it, it's laughable how many how many of us really miss Granite Xhaka. Well, I think if we if he stays, we win the league. You know, imagine a midfield free of Rice, Xhaka, Odegaard. Yeah. And and they all stay fit. Like it would be, but, be brilliant. But, my, but but the thing is, what I'm I'm not understanding is they're all playing badly. Not just four players, not just six players, not even eight. All of them. Not one has taken the ball by the horns and gone. Why have you? You're one nil up. You've even got to the position in five minutes. You're one nil up. Go for it. Go for the jugular. City would have won that four nil today. Liverpool would have won it. Spurs are winning 3-0. I think it's 3-0 they won at home. 3-1. 3-1. You know, how can Spurs be a point behind us? It is, I'm just... anyway. Well, well, if West Ham win their game in hand, look how far they're going to be behind us. Yeah, I don't. And I've got loads of West Ham fans constantly, um, constantly messaging me. But hey-ho. Um, right. First of all, let's have a little break. Just want to say... Thank you to Ruth Beck for sponsoring us this year, this season. Um, she's going to be our sponsor for the last part of the season as well. Please go and check her work out on ruthbeckart.com. Support her. She's fantastic. Her prints, her work, everything. Amazing Arsenal stuff. And amazing Islington and Hackney stuff as well. So please go and check her out. 
Um, we're very proud to have her as our sponsor. Also, everybody, please press like. I'm going to pause for three seconds while you go out, press like and come in again because you're not. <laughs> and if you're not pressing like, the algorithm doesn't work and people don't get to see us. So it would be really good to get this show out there because we're not one of these shouty, you know, shows that do it for attention. We do it because we love speaking to Arsenal fans. I can also see loads of people in the chat room that are new. Welcome to you all. I've tried to get as many as I can on there. Um, however, I won't be taking the same uh, post over and over again. If you want Arteta out, that's totally up to you. We're not, you're, it's the wrong show for you. You're welcome to say it, but that's not what we're here for. Um, next question. Melissa, great question. I think this obsession, hold on, let me read this, that Arteta has about inverting his left backs is just causing issues. It must be difficult to have to change the way you play. I feel sometimes it gets too congested in the middle. I think you've got to be aware of who's playing in that left back role. Um, and I think you've got to play to your players' strengths because you look at Kivior today and he's not someone that is adept or comfortable playing in that inverted role. We saw it the minute he got on the ball today. He tries to get into midfield. He's trying to provide that opening. I get it. And it, it's, you know, very indicative of our way of playing. But I can't help but feel to today we should have just focused with our defence, you know, being a solid back line. And obviously this is easier said than done. I'm not a tactician by any means. But just leave that back four as it is. Focus on the, on the defensive side of things. Keep Fulham at bay and just let our attack speak for itself and do what they can do best, which at the minute is, isn't really a great deal. But um, I definitely see the point. I mean, it does get congested in midfield. Teams obviously know about it as well. Like at the start of last season, it kind of felt like this hidden secret. Whereas now, you know, every team knows that one of our fullbacks is going to invert, whether it's Partey, who, you know, started the season playing at right back, inverting into the middle, whether it's Zinchenko, um, whether it's Ben White, whether it's Kivior, whether it's Tomiyasu. Uh, it's just our way of playing. Um, and it, it's great to have overloads if it works and if it, you know, allows us to have that dominance. But, you know, I'll go back to the dominance thing again. It, it's great having the ball and penning your opposition in, but if you're not going to do anything with it, um, West Ham allowed us to play that way. I think Fulham did for an extent today. Every time we had a promising break, Fulham came back and had an even more prom prom uh, pro uh, promising opportunity. So it's it's all well and good having the ball, but you've got to do something with it. Absolutely. Absolutely. Thank you for your uh, question, Melissa. Right. Karen Russell. Can you explain, if you can, what is the problem up front? Because I'm struggling to understand it. I'll tell you what the problem is. We can't put the ball in the back of the net, Karen. And if we could, we wouldn't be having that question and we'd be top of the league. And I think the problem comes from not having a number nine that can put the ball in the back of the net. And unfortunately, everyone's going to say to me in the chat room, but that's not the way we play. Well, the way we play is we want to score goals uh, and win games. So if it's not the way we play, then he's got to change something, Cooks. Yeah, um, but that's the thing. We've got no variety. And yeah. uh, that's why I feel like we need to do something in the January window. Um, but I don't know what that is or if we're in a position to even do something that's going to change our fortunes. Because you look at the substitutions we make today, they're all like for like, you know, Nelson is going to do the same thing that Martinelli does. Trossard's, you know, does something a little bit different. Trossard is, is actually probably one of the guys that I'd look at as maybe being a slightly better player today because there was a ball that he put into the box that someone absolutely should have been on the end of. Um, 
but it's all it's all very similar. Everyone's playing in the same sort of way, and that's why going back to the previous point, seeing someone like Smith Rowe in there would be a, fre- a breath of fresh air because he is so different. He is such a different option mm-hmm. at the minute. Everyone's playing, um, you know, to the same hymn beat, which is great at times when it works. But when it's not working, and you need an alternative, and you need different ideas, it's not great. Um, and I, I don't know how to answer it because I just don't know how we start scoring more goals. The only way to do it, I feel, is like you score early on and then have the opposition come on to you. But we did. But we, we, well, that's the thing. When we did score today, we just fell into an absolute shell. We were awful as soon as we scored. That was our opportunity to get things back on track. You win this game 2-3-0 and no one's talking about West Ham anymore. You know, we win this game comfortably and that, that's yeah. a thing of the past. Yeah, but fair day, the that. office, it's football, it happens. I, I get that. Um, I just want to say, just wanted to see something. Hold on. Um, sorry, I was just something I was look. Right, so we've got another sort of, not question, but a comment from Liam. Welcome to the show. Arteta needs to be questioned. I don't think it's wrong to question him. Um, where I do think we have to draw a line is with the Arteta out stuff. I've seen a few, a yeah. uh, few ludicrous comments um, that you know it's time time to move on from him after two defeats. Look, I, I get it. You know, losing to West Ham and losing to Fulham are not games that a title aspirational team should be losing. There's no getting around that fact. And you know, th- this could be the turning point in our season, not necessarily for the better. It could be the point where we don't go on to win the league and we maybe fall out of the title race. I'm not saying that will be the case, but it's it's a very realistic possibility. I do have questions over his tactics, like I said before, um, when we're trying to get the win and he just completely throws the tactics out the window effectively, or that's what it feels like, takes off a defender, replaces it with an attacker. We've both seen Amanda in years gone by under Arsene Wenger that he used to do that. Um, it was very much an Arsene Wenger tactic when you're tra- chasing a game in the last minute. I mean, I remember around 2012 to 2015 where our tactic when we were losing was bring on as many attackers as possible and put Per Mertzacker in the opposition box. That's kind of what we're doing now. Um, it's desperation tactics, I feel. And uh, we just, we're, we're controlling games, but we're not creating opportunities. Arteta knows that's a problem. He addressed it after the game against West Ham. And I didn't quite like the fact that he said, you know, to counteract that we've just got to start having more shots. That is part of the problem, but we need to be having better quality of shots. You know, our shooting against West Ham, our shooting against Fulham today, tame, poor, not testing the keeper, straight down the throat of either Leno, Areola. Um, and we're not scoring goals at the rate we were last season. You know, defensively, we're, you know, I've not got an issue, but going forwards, um, we need more options. We need alternative solutions. We need a, a striker that's going to put the ball in the net. Don't we just? Um, Melissa, what is happening in the chat today? It's all gone crazy. Yeah, we have actually had to block a few people. I do not mind rival fans coming on. Absolutely not. I don't mind Arsenal fans that disagree with us. But it it did go a bit crazy with crazy comments. So I'd like to thank Carl (laughs) and Nigel for their work today in, in blocking. I'm happy to welcome everybody new. But please keep your comments Decent, I think the word is. Um, Right, bearded gooner. Hello, my lovely. We're at our best when we're attacking with pace on the counter. Even Arteta has no plan B when dominating possession, which we did not do today. It doesn't work. This plan B keeps... 
been mute, muted the last couple of weeks. We don't seem to have one, do we, Cooks? No, not at all. And, and that's why we need a different option going forward. Um, yeah. Whether we find that internally, externally, I'm not sure. But it just feels like at times we need a big presence in the box that we can play off. You know, it could even be playing habits in that striking role and trying to play off of him. Um because at the minute we're just passing from side to side and it's it's dreadful football. Like it's really not exciting to watch. We just can't cut teams open. It feels like our wingers aren't making runs, getting in behind anywhere near as much. You know, our, our striker is basically playing in our defensive third at times and our backup striker is anonymous when he does play. Um, yeah, it's, it's, it's a problem. We need a plan B. We need an alternative option. Melvin Marks, Uncle Melv, as I call him, is Arteta thinking too deeply? I don't know. I'd like to have a chat with him, <laughs> to be honest, because the thing is, all teams go through a blip. They do. OK, no team's going to play wonderful for the whole season. We know this, but this has been coming and there's blips and then there's blips and then there's Arsenal blips. I do believe that it is a good thing, Cooks, that we do have this break. We will come out fresh, I think it's half past 12 against Crystal Palace in about three weeks' time. We've got, um, as we know, we've got Liverpool next Sunday in the Cup. Takes the pressure off the Premier League, doesn't it? So there's no points to fight for. We just want to fight to go through. And, and interesting, just talking about the Cups a second, Matthew made a point saying Elliot of Arsenal Vision is happy when we get knocked out of the Cups, all about Premier League and Champions League for him. Matthew, I appreciate all podcasters. I don't necessarily agree with all podcasters. Most of them I don't agree with, funny enough, um, apart from Uncle Clive. Um, uh, Maybe Elliot's, I don't know how old he is, but the FA Cup, the League Cup, are all trophies there to be won. And whether you put the Champions League, the Premier League, the FA Cup, whatever order you've got it, we need to be going, I would never, ever, ever be happy being knocked out of a cup. Now, Cookie, you are half my age, really. Um, and you even said that you alluded to this at the beginning, you'd now take the FA Cup. Why is it that it's now you would take the FA Cup, not at the beginning of the season? Oh, no, I would have taken it at the beginning. Don't get me wrong. I, I've never been entirely convinced that we're going to win the league. Um, but I also think, you know, that there is something to be said about winning silverware. Um I'm not overly fussed about the Carabao Cup, if I'm being totally honest, but I'd still like to see us win it. But the FA Cup, for me, is an important one. Um, It was that trophy that signified the end of that drought under Arsene Wenger. Since then, we've won the trophy four times. It's been a big part of our history. Uh, Teams want to win it. I don't think there's any getting around that fact. I think teams do go into this competition not to, you know, throw themselves out of it. It's it's a competition that was a big part of, obviously, City's treble winning side last season. Without the FA Cup, they don't win the treble when it's not an achievement that's talked about as greatly. I mean, obviously, Premier League and Champions League double, not bad going, but winning the FA Cup as well just brings it all together. Um, I still think finishing top four and winning the FA Cup is is a great achievement for any team. You know, that shouldn't be understated. I, I, I think, you know, that would be, a nice season for me. Obviously, I want more, but winning the Premier League and the Champions League is is not as simple as clicking your fingers. You know, the the FA Cup is a very realistic competition for us to win. You've got teams um, of a lower pedigree coming into it, teams that we can we can potentially beat and, and advance in the competition. And obviously, it's Liverpool up first. Um, but I don't want us to throw it. Like if we go out of the cup next weekend, I'll be disappointed. Really disappointed. It's not like it's a competition as well where you know we're going to be playing in it every other Wednesday. We know that towards the end of the season, there'll be a bit of fixture congestion, 
But for a team like Arsenal, especially if we do invest in January and we have players like Partey, uh, Timber, etc., coming back in the final further the season, we, we would have the numbers to deal with it, I think. Um, and depending on, on the opposition, we, we should be in a position to rotate. So it's, I, I don't buy into the excuse of, oh, it's too many games. Um, I think we, we sh- if we've got aspirations to be a serious team, then you you know, you know man up and you deal with the fact that you, you're going to have to fight on all fronts. Um, but, you know, for me, I'd love to win the Champions League. I think that's actually more of a realistic possibility of than course. the Premier League. Of course. And I mean, I've never seen the team win the Champions League. But for all those people that are not interested in the FA Cup... You've obviously never been to one then because it is the most incredible day. It is amazing. I've been to Cardiff. I've been to Wembley. I've been to all the FA Cups since 1987. So we were in the FA Cup. That was the League Cup. Then obviously Luton was the year after. I've been to loads of cup finals. The only one I missed was 2003 in the summer because I was pregnant and I was just about to give birth so I couldn't go, which was 20 years ago. Um, And I, I just think that I, I'll never understand it. And and me and Kevin Campbell used to talk about this when I was on the podcast with him. We'd never understood it because the FA Cup is so special. Yes, the League Cup has always been the younger brother of it. I get that. But I'd love to win the League Cup. I'd love to win the FA Cup. I'd love to win the Premier League. But the Champions League is one for me because I've, I went to the Stade de France that night in 2006. 2006 I was absolutely distraught I thought we had a really good chance of winning it that night and we've never won it and I think that I literally could die happy if we won the Champions League um let's get some more questions um sorry okay so this is interesting this is something that comes up regularly Welcome to the show, Stefan Kowalski. Always from our Facebook Arteta needs to reinstall Ramsdale Raya is costing us games do you agree? Does everyone in the chat room agree with this? No, I don't agree with it. Um, it it's not a goalkeeping issue for me. It's, you know, that's the last thing I'm thinking about. We spoke a lot about Ramsdale and Raya much earlier on in the season. And, you know, I I, I still wouldn't have made the change. Um, but for me, it's not it's, it's, it's not the problem at the minute. The problem is we're not creating enough chances. Raya, I don't think he did anything wrong on either of the goals today. I don't think he was at fault for the goals against West Ham. Um, I think he's had hairy moments this season, but, you know, he's he's not, for me, a glaringly obvious problem. Um, I hope Ramsdale gets an opportunity against Liverpool and I hope he has a blinding game. Uh, but I think it's quite clear now, Raya is the undisputed number one in the Premier League. Um, and Ramsdale, unfortunately, for better or for worse, probably will be sold at some point. Okay. Um, yeah, not happy about Spurs being point behind, but it is what it is. Uh, right, Charles, Charles Cheerian. I hope I said that right. But let's just say this not sure if you, Amanda, or Cookie agree to this. After four years, Arteta needs to win one grand title, else, this kind of struggle, Premier League or Champions League. I'll sort of get the gist of that, Charles. Um, I don't agree, no, I really no. don't. No, I mean, either I think you've got to take into account. You know, four years is not a long time in football. I mean, some people would argue it is a long time. But for me, when you look at where we were with the team he inherited, with the likes of Kalasanach, Mustafi, David Luiz, like this is this is a team that needed a hell of a lot of rebuilding, not to mention some of the personalities that he had to deal with in the likes of Abamyang, Musa Ozil, players that didn't necessarily fit the culture. It's very much been a cultural shift 
that he's had to completely overhaul. And I think we're in a really good position where we are a brilliantly run football club at the minute. I think all of the dealings we do, you know, stemming from the likes of Erdegaard, um, even Josh Kroenke and his involvement in the club now, um, this has been a really long process. And to actually be where we are, I think is unbelievable. Um, I'm not happy with where we are at the minute in terms of the playing style, but where we are as a club, like from where we, you know, had back-to-back eighth-place finishes to, you know, challenging for a league title potentially two seasons in a row. I mean, it's not bad going. And no one had us down as a team that would even be close to challenging for the league last season. But we pushed City, you know, until the final few games. And yeah. we threw it away at the end. I'm not, not trying to hide that. You know, we we definitely capitulated. Um, but we, we arguably never deserved to be in that position in the first place. We just came out of nowhere and we did a hell of a lot better than the other teams did. I mean, where were Liverpool? Where were Spurs? Where were all the other sides that, you know, people were talking about as title contenders? So we definitely overachieved last season. And now we're riding that wave this season. I think there's still a lot to be positive about. I'm not getting too down in the dumps after two mm. defeats. I am unhappy. I'm not hiding that fact. But no. there's still time to turn this around. I still don't think we'll win the league. I will say that. If we're there or thereabouts come April, I think we've got an opportunity. Um, but I just I don't think we're quite there yet. I think, to be honest, City could run away with it, you know, with like 10 points plus. hate to think about that, but... Um, you keep saying yeah, City, not, but you don't think Liverpool... My... No, I think, I think it's cities. I think it's cities to lose. Okay, that's interesting. I, I do rate Liverpool, though. I do, I do rate them. Um, the but, but I just don't think they're. They've got a few injured players coming back. They do, yeah. It's just something about Liverpool that just feels a little bit. I know, oh. a little bit. Yeah, something about it just feels a little bit erratic at times. I mean, like us, they've had a lot of games where they've won it in the very last minute. I think, was it Fulham? I think it was Fulham, actually. They were beating them at Anfield. With a couple of minutes to go, then they turned around to win the game in the final few minutes with two last-minute goals. I mean, um, that could eventually run out, but I do think they're starting to hit a bit of form at the minute. You know, I could be talking out my backside at the moment, but I think City get a run together. They've got Haaland, they've got De Bruyne coming back. They might invest in January. I, I think they could win it by, you know, 10 points minimum. Right. Okay. Uh, yes, Phil Mecca, we are still going. We're trying to feel a bit cathartic about it all because as one of our um chat room people said people don't let them ruin your new year's eve yeah i think that i think if we'd have got a draw and been west ham we'd have been buzzing fulham are not a bad side unfortunately they've taken four points off us which isn't good enough we, we, you can't i i i've i've never thought we were going to win the league i got a bit excited a couple of weeks ago and i thought because i get married uh next september and i thought they're going to win it next next season um next year sorry they're going to win the league and we're getting married a few months later and it's all going to be lovely and that's all gone to pot <laughs> so that's not going to happen um i don't think um pw why was there so little drive and passion from our players today? I'm going to ask this question to everybody in the chat room as well. What do you think it is? Because I'm really lost for words. I know we keep going over this, but I'm really lost for words that no one seemed to have any drive or passion. I couldn't sit here and went, oh, yeah, Martinelli was excellent. He was the only one. You normally can do that. I can't do that today. I can't find anybody. I'm trying to go through the team. We haven't even discussed Trossard. He was absolutely atrocious against West Ham. And today as well. I think he was a bit better today. 
I think he he's one of the guys that I would look at and be like, he was, oh, I mean, I'm not saying he was good, but he did put that ball into the box that someone should have been on the end of. Um, but could we highlight that comment from Charles Chirian? I'm not sure if that's how you say it. Um, that do you want me to click it? Yeah, that's the one. That's the one. Um, I'm not looking at this as capitulation yet because we're halfway through the season. Capitulation would be if we had five games to go and we lost all five, which is basically what we did last time out. This time we're losing our games at a point where you can definitely not afford to lose them, but you've got time to turn it around. So I think we're in a good position in a way that we've got these problems. And if we weren't to have another dip like this, we could very well go on to have a very good second half of the season. And we've also got the January transfer window ahead of us to kind of address some of the problems. Um, I don't think it's as simple as that because we all know there's financial fair play implications. We can't just go and drop a hundred million on a player. Uh, it's it's going to be interesting to see how it plays out. But um, yeah, I, I don't regard this as capitulation. If we do nothing this season, finish outside the top four, okay, then it's capitulation. But right now, no, not even close. Okay. Um... Carl, what does Arteta need to do to turn this around? What changes does he need to make? So what we're going to do now, we're going to try and get a little bit more upbeat, if possible, because it is only December, although January is tomorrow. It is halfway. We could win the next, you know, go into mid-Feb and won a couple of games, a couple of draws for Tottenham and, you know, uh, Liverpool. City could have a draw. And all of a sudden, we're second or first again. It changes very quickly. So I'm not going to be sitting again. That's it. I'm not throwing my toys out, as you said, Cook. It's not the end of the world. Um, if this was March, April, yeah, I get it. And we would all be throwing our toys out. But what does he need to do to turn this around? How do you think he changes this situation of dire losses? I think we just need to be a bit braver going forward. Um you know, look at Liverpool, for example. They've got really good defensive players in the likes of Alisson and Canate, Van Dijk, and they just kind of let the attacking players do what they do best. Whereas I feel like all of our players are defensive-minded first. I think we need to take the shackles off a lot of them. I mean, we've got our best front three playing at the minute, mm. you know. They didn't play today, but they did play against West Ham, Gabriel Jesus, Martinelli, Saka. We haven't seen that a great deal this season, but finally... You know, after wanting to see it for so long, we finally got them together and it's not working. Why is that? We need to find a way to get them playing with a lot more enthusiasm. And I think Liverpool could actually be a good game to play with the shackles off because, mm. you know, goal difference doesn't matter. You know, we could win that game 5-4, you know, still go through to the next round of the cup. So I would put the defensive side of things on the back burner slightly and just be like, guys, go out there play your attacking game to the best of your ability. Obviously, Arteta would have to do a much better speech than that. But I think, um, yeah, just just be more attack-minded because that's what we were so good at last season. And I'd even argue the season before I saw more attacking flair from us when we finished fifth and missed out on the top four. Some of those games where we were just, you know, scoring goals for fun, conceding a lot of goals as well. But we just don't score enough goals. We need to be more pragmatic. We need more players crashing into the box players aren't making runs at the minute as well either. They're just divvering on the ball. Players like Erdogan, Zinchenko, so many others just holding onto the ball, waiting for that killer pass. It's just not that simple. Um, just need more movement, more more attack, um, more speed in our attack. Yeah. Okay, so I'm going to start to get a little bit more... Um 
positive. Hold on. There was a nice sort of from Sean Clark. Something I'm hearing is people saying it's over for us. We're only halfway. Teams drop points against teams you never expect. So negativity isn't the way to go forward at all. And I agree. And that's what I was saying about mid-Feb, this could all change. And we'll look back and go, well, actually, we sort of, you know, threw our toys out for no reason. People were being dramatic for no reason. Football changes so much. You know, we could beat Liverpool, be on a high for Crystal Palace, wallop Crystal Palace at 12.30 on the 20th, and we're all starting to believe again because that is football and that is supporting the Arsenal, that's for sure. Um, Cooks, any more to add on about the game? Oh, gosh, you want me to talk about it more? Um, <laughs> no, look, the the overarching thing I would say is this was really bad. And yeah. I know that's obviously not the positive note we want to end on. Uh, Arteta's come out in his post-match interview and said this was our worst performance of the season. He's bang on. It was abysmal. Um, And there's no getting around that fact. You know, I've been so pleased with how far we've come and the football that we're playing, the style of it. I've not seen an Arsenal performance like this in a good long while. I mean, I wasn't pleased with how we played against West Ham, but at least you could say there was a bit of misfortune with their goal. We did create opportunities that we didn't put in the back of the net. Performance still wasn't amazing, but on another day, maybe we win that game. Whereas this, we never looked like scoring. We never looked like winning it. We barely tested a Fulham side that has lost three on the spin, conceded eight goals, scored none. It's not good enough Um, to have Fulham, who, with all due respect, I I think they're a good team. Like I really rate Marco Silva, uh, but they've been well out of form. We should have won this game today. For them to take four points off us, is not what title winning or title challenging team should be doing. Um, and, you know, we've dropped and, you know, three points against West Ham. It's not a given that we go to the London Stadium and take three points there. They, they could be another side that take, you know, more than four points off us. Um, we're dropping points against sides that we need to be beating if we've got title aspirations. And that's my biggest worry. You know, I can, I can definitely accept losing games. I can't accept performances that are as abject as what we saw today no i agree i'm just going to go back to a few that i've starred and then uh see if anything right so rob's saying i think we need someone in midfield who's going to bring martinelli into the games more he's just not getting the service where he was last year so what's changed Jacker is a big part right. of that. Um, I think maybe Partey coming back into the team could potentially change that. You know, if you've got a midfield free of Partey, Rice, Erdegaard, you could potentially see um, a bit more from Martinelli because I think part of it is that Havertz doesn't really do defensive side as much. So Martinelli is thinking a lot of the time about getting back, tracking back. You know, he's made a lot of last-ditch challenges in recent weeks. That shouldn't really be a part of his game. He should be, you know, in the final third of the pitch, making runs going forward, blitzing the opposition. He's not really doing that a lot at the minute. Um, so maybe it could be a case of, you know, we, we look to do that. But Partey, you know, we're, we're hearing that he's on the verge of coming back fit. He might play a part in the Liverpool game, but then he's going away with Ghana. And then realistically, is he going to be fit for the second half of the season? I'm not too sure. We can't rely on him. Um so we just need to get him further up the pitch um, and not have him relying on the defensive side of things. I, I just want to end on something funny, that a Man United fan has come and called us banter club. Hmm. <laughs> bit of an ir- irony in there, I think. <laughs> yeah, I think I think we all need a little, little bit of a laugh. Um, thank you, everybody. And we're just going to end with James Johnston wants to know, is anyone good on Jules Holland tonight? Because obviously it's New Year's Eve. Um, massive thank you 
to everybody for being with us from January to December the 31st. Um, we've had our over 100,000 downloads on audio. God knows how many we've had on YouTube. We we absolutely love it, don't we, Kirks? That we I had my show on the same old Arsenal for about a year before, and then myself and Cookie and Chris took the pod over, and we've worked our socks off since January, February time. We do love it. We love talking to you all, and we've got our um, obviously. Um, our regulars, but we've got new people joining us all the time. People on audio, thank you so much for lifting us above 100,000, Kirks. It's amazing, isn't it? It's not bad going. It's certainly not bad going. Um, and yeah, just to reiterate all of that, you know, thank you, everyone that's tuned in. But most importantly, Amanda, thank you to yourself for actually coming on after everything that's gone on with you for the past couple of weeks. So big props to yourself. Yes, thank you. I had to finally got some sleep last night. I appreciate that. Um, and we want to wish everyone a happy new year. And I'm not going to log off yet because everyone's sending such lovely messages. And we love you all. We really do. And we're going into the new year. Um, unfortunately, I'm not going to the Liverpool game because I didn't apply quick enough. Because apparently you have to apply and God knows I will be on it for the next one. But I'm Cookie's going and I'm assuming Chris will be. I may do a post-game show next Sunday evening. So the best way to keep up with us is to subscribe to us on YouTube hit the bell, then you never miss a show. Um, and everyone on audio, if you could please um, follow us and, and rate us as well, that would be lovely. <laughs> Thank you, Phil. You always say lovely things. Um, Happy New Year to you as well. All these lovely messages. We love you all. Um, we really, really do. Um, I wish you all a happy new year. Um, from everybody at the Same Old Arsenal podcast. We thank Nigel for helping us, especially to Carl for the background, for the uploads, for everything. We wish you all a happy new year. We all hope that come January and February, when we're back for the Premier League at Palace and we do our game, that we're discussing a win. Because at the end of the day, that's all we want. You may not always like the Arsenal, but you're always going to love them because they're just like family. So. Here's to a peaceful, happy, healthy new year around the world. Really everywhere. Happy, healthy new year. Cooks, love you. We'll see you soon. Everybody in the chat room, happy new year. Always Arsenal. Don't let it ruin your New Year's Eve tonight. Always Arsenal. Bye, everyone. Sports Social Podcast Network.